Whenever we try to match the routines, practices, lifestyles of other people who have lives nothing like our own, we are setting ourselves up not only for failure, but to feel ashamed. Hey, I'm Mia Hemstad. I'm a wife, I'm a mom of two kids, and I'm a trauma-informed self-care coach. I also live with diagnosed PTSD and depression. I started sharing my mental wellness journey online in 2017 when I was diagnosed with postpartum depression and anxiety. And since then, I've heard from hundreds of women who all struggle with the same thing, putting ourselves last. This is a struggle that's keeping so many women burned out and unhappy, through no fault of our own, by the way. I've been working on my own healing as an abuse survivor since 2013. But when I became a mom, I really started to do the inner work of figuring out why I was putting myself last and how to start prioritizing myself for the first time in my life. This podcast is about sharing all of those lessons with you. So if you're interested in hearing honest stories, life advice, and inspiration that encourages you to make your health, happiness, and well-being a priority, then definitely stick around. Welcome to your No Longer Last journey. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to old listeners, welcome to new listeners. Um, It has been over three months and I just want to start by saying, and I know I don't owe anyone an apology. People are like, don't apologize for taking breaks, but I really want to apologize to all of my hardcore listeners for being kind of off the radar and not communicating a lot. Like typically I send out a newsletter or I post on my, um, I usually post on Instagram stories about what's going on with me, but I quit Instagram in the first week of January. It was a long time coming. And then all of a sudden I just didn't know how to regularly keep up with my audience without having to send an email, which sending an email would have been fine. But I don't know, ever since I quit Instagram, And with the start of this new year and the start of a new job, which I'll talk about more later, um, I've just been kind of in a funk and I've been having some chronic pain flare-ups and some depression um, sneaking back up on me. And it's just been really difficult to even post, to remember to post and say, hey, um, sorry I've been out of commission. Sorry I haven't posted or I just didn't know what to say. I didn't know... You know, I wanted to say that, you know, I'm thinking of all of you and I miss being here on the podcast and I miss making content for all of you. And I wanted to be able to follow it up with, and I'll be back on this date. And every time I thought about what I would say, I could never figure out when I would be back. And the idea of telling you all that I would be back on a certain date and then not being able to honor that really scared me because I've done that so many times before. And in fact, I did it again. I said in, I think it was January that I would be back early February or mid-February or something like that. And it's the end of March. Like we're almost in April. And so because of that, because I'm trying to avoid, you know, setting expectations and failing to meet them. And then I set expectations and then I failed to meet them. um, I started to feel a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. And whenever we shame ourselves for, for, anything, whether it's failing to stick to a routine, failing to wake up at a certain time or to exercise or whatever commitment we we set for ourselves. The pain of that shame is so severe and so negative that we end up avoiding the thing altogether, whether that's posting a new podcast episode, 
posting to our community, exercising, going to bed at a certain time, drinking water, you get the picture. Shame stops all progress. Shame keeps us from trying again. And, you know, I want to be honest and transparent about where I've been. I've been facing a lot of shame. That's one of the biggest obstacles I face as a content creator is shaming myself when I can't stick to a perfect posting schedule. And maybe only some of my listeners who do this (laughs) for a part-time living or full-time living will understand. Um, There's a lot of um, advice out there by very successful online marketing entrepreneurs. And they say that you have to post at a specific cadence, like twice a day on Instagram, once a day on TikTok, email every week, post your podcast once a week, or maybe twice. You know, it's like, it's so intense. And it feels like if you can't stick to that, you're going to fail. And while, you know, what I do here teaching women how to take care of themselves and be no longer last. Like this mission, it's not my full-time gig. It never has been. So know that I'm in this. I started this because I just wanted to help people and it wasn't like, oh, this is a great business idea. Like, you know, I just, I want to do well. I want to reach a lot of people mainly because I know how much learning how to take care of myself has healed me and has improved my relationships, my work, my marriage, my motherhood. And I know a lot of other women struggle with this too. And so I just want to reach as many mothers as possible. So then I thought, oh, I need to listen to this like online entrepreneur marketing advice because they know what they're talking about, right? And it's not that these tactics don't work for them, like, you know, posting X number of days and being super, super consistent. I'm sure it works wonders. Like if you show up in somebody's feed like 20 times a week, of course they're going to end up engaging with your content. But I've just been really forced to reflect on what being a content creator is going to look like for me. Because if I'm being honest with myself, trying to follow the rhythm, cadence, and consistency dictated by these online marketing gurus who have teams of 20, It's not going to work for me. It's never worked for me. And it's always caused me to feel shame. And I think that there's a lesson here for all of you listening that whenever we try to match the routines, practices, lifestyles of other people who have lives nothing like our own, we are setting ourselves up not only for failure, but to feel ashamed, to feel broken, to feel like there's something wrong with us. And when I came into this new year and I decided to quit Instagram, I knew I needed to find a new rhythm, a rhythm of posting, of showing up in my organization, showing up for No Longer Last, showing up for my clients and my community that honored myself first. Because if I can't honor my needs and I can't honor my boundaries, then I cannot in good conscience, show up for all of you and teach you to honor your needs and your boundaries. So I appreciate everybody's patience as I struggle and fight to figure this out. It's not easy. You know, we all want a blueprint. We all want someone to just tell us exactly what to do and then we just do it. But the fact of the matter is real authentic change that works and honors you as a person who you are it has to come from within you and it has to come from a lot of introspection trial and error and learning to be gentle with yourself when your first second third and 100th attempt don't work out 
And that's the thing that can be challenging. So many of us are inclined, including myself, to shame ourselves when we don't get it right the second time, or maybe even don't get it right the first time. And the journey of life is not about getting it right, quote unquote. We have to learn how to be comfortable and enjoy the process of learning what works for us. One of the things I tell my clients often is if you try to pick up a practice, let's say drinking a certain amount of water every day or going to bed at a certain time, and you are like, okay, this is how I'm going to make this happen. And you create a plan. And one week goes by and you haven't succeeded. Two weeks, three weeks, four weeks go by and you haven't succeeded. And you're starting to feel ashamed. You're starting to feel broken. And I always remind my clients when they are going to try to practice a new ritual, a self-care practice, if it's not working, the plan is broken, not you. The plan is broken, not you. It's the plan that needs to be changed. It's the plan that needs to be fixed. If your routines and rituals and the plan that you're using to practice them aren't yielding the results that you want, then they're not supporting you. And if you are trying to bend and break yourself and beat yourself up internally because you're not able to follow this rigid plan, then you become a slave to self-care. You become a slave to your plans, a slave to your goals, rather than them being something that enriches your life. And I just think it's so important that we remember that all of these things like my podcast or my yoga practice or, uh, you know, trying to drink water every day and like all of these things, like they're supposed to enrich my life. Your practices are supposed to enrich yours. And if they end up becoming sources of shame, that is a sign that it's time to stop and pause and think and reflect and come up with a new path to the thing that you want and so often I think we throw out the thing altogether and be like oh yoga didn't work for me or you know podcasting just wasn't it just didn't work for me and it's just like I know I love creating content I know I love connecting with all of you I know I love my daily yoga practice which I fell out of when my kids started going to school because then all of a sudden instead of doing yoga at 8 30 I was taking my kids to school so I had to rework my whole morning and try to figure out where does yoga fit still Okay, and it took six months before I was able to work yoga back into my life. Like that's how long these things take. And I think we're all so conditioned to want to just have everything work and be fixed in the blink of an eye and not have to really journey through anything for any period of time. So I have been on that journey the last three months. I quit Instagram. And while I thought that was gonna fix a lot of my problems, Um, It it just exposed them further because then I no longer had this app that I used to numb and suppress a lot of my emotional pain and a lot of my struggles. And I knew I was using the app for that. And it was unfortunate because I, the app brought me so much good, but it was also keeping me from really taking the next step in my healing journey and really doing what I needed to do to, um, to take the next step in healing. For those of you who are new here, I am an abuse survivor and there's a lot of layers that I'm still unpacking. And um, in order to unpack, you have to remove the things that are distracting you. Not all at once, but Instagram was that next step for me. And um, so not only over the last three months did I get a new job and I'll talk about that next, but I also no longer have this app distracting me. And so I had a lot of emotional pain that came to the surface and I just felt 
extremely vulnerable, extremely raw, extremely tender. And I really needed, I wanted so badly to show up here. And I actually recorded an episode that I just deleted because it was basically a life update. And now it's a month old. And so I'm just doing another life update today. But I deleted it because I tried to come back too soon. I tried to force myself again to follow like the online marketing guru advice of how quickly and how much I should be showing up. And I honestly was just dealing with a lot of traumas that came to the surface because I removed Instagram and then all, and I knew that was going to happen. And I needed to just, I needed to stop acting like I'm a superhero and I needed to plan and tell you all, Hey, I'm going to take time off because I'm quitting Instagram and I know that's going to mean something for me. Um, but I'm still learning. I, I, one of my flaws is I tend to think that I can do it all. And, um, you know, I, I don't shame myself for that because for a long time I had to do it all and I succeeded at doing it all because I had no choice. And so I'm in this new season of my life where I'm trying to give myself permission to not always have to have it together. Um, and, you know, that doesn't mean that I'm a bad person, a bad mother, a bad wife, a bad self-care coach or a bad podcaster. It means I'm a human being and I want to keep modeling that for myself and you and my kids and, and, and just everyone. And like, I feel like we have such a pressure on us. Um, and it's interesting. I feel like the universe has given me confirmation that I'm doing the right things for myself because recently some content creators that I really looked up to for a long time, and I also kind of felt kind of bad because I compared my lack of productivity to their productivity. Like they were posting every week and their videos were so well edited. And like, I was just like, wow, why can't I just do what they're doing? Like what's wrong with me? And these all of them, every one of these content creators I admired recently posted videos crying about how they're burned out they're exhausted they need to take a break uh they don't know if they'll be back like some of them are like literally just quitting full stop like their businesses their youtube channels and it just made it was like a huge reality check that i have been comparing myself to people who have also been doing unrealistic levels of productivity and so This is a reminder for myself, but also for you to please take a moment and check in with who you have been comparing yourself to, because odds are you're comparing yourself to somebody. We all do it. And it can really be influencing your behavior and your judgments of yourself in such an unhealthy way. And then all of a sudden you realize that the lifestyle that you were comparing yourself to wasn't even real. Like these YouTubers I was comparing myself to and their productivity levels it caused them to have complete mental breakdowns. And I was I was envious of them. And then all of a sudden I was like, well, maybe my once a month posting isn't the worst thing because I'm, I'm in a really intense healing space. Like when I say healing space, like I'm working through a lot of trauma right now. And I just restarted therapy in the beginning of January. And I shouldn't also be trying to be superwoman when it comes to content creation. Um, it doesn't mean I need to give it up, but I shouldn't be comparing myself to anybody else because... Nobody knows my life and what I'm really going through, and I don't know anybody else's. And so this is just a reminder to you to please try not to shame yourself and compare yourself to people who whose lives could be a complete projection of a fake reality. Um, so that's a reminder there. And so I want to talk about this new job I got. For those of you who are new, um, you might not know that I've always done I've always run this, my content creation, my organization no longer last, um, on alongside part-time or full-time work, depending on what my family's financial needs have been. And so I recently got a full-time job 
Um, I work remotely. I still live in Portugal and it's for a nonprofit organization that advocates for policies. So new laws, um, that improve the maternal mental health or maternal, why can't I speak? It improves the mental health of mothers and birthing people. And I am so grateful to be doing this because if you've been here a while, like I used to work at an organization that did paid family leave advocacy because the United States does not have paid family leave for everybody it's, it's wild. Um, and paid family leave was a big part of why I fell into postpartum depression. Like I was home alone because my husband had to go back to work because even though California has good paid family leave laws, um, they're still pretty restricted. And so my husband had to go back to work. So what I'm trying to say is policy advocacy, advocating for laws that improve people's lives, that improve people's health and well-being in the legal system is so important to me because I believe strongly in self-care, but I also believe in systemic change and our society creating a culture of good health and good well-being for all citizens. And so it's important to me to do both, to teach you how to take care of yourself without guilt, without shame. But I also want to be using my gifts and talents to improve the laws in the United States so that families and mothers are supported and don't have to suffer like continuously. Um, so it's really exciting to be a part of that work, um, to be, you know, leading the charge in, in that way with this organization. So yeah, it's been good, but it has been a huge transition. Last year I was doing consulting. I was doing communications consulting. I was doing a lot of, uh, Portugal, like people who wanted to move to Portugal were meeting with me and I was doing consultations there, but I wasn't working 40 hours a week. I wasn't working full time. So now I'm working full time and that started in January. And on top of that, I had two other client projects. So in January, I was working so much, all good things, but I didn't want it to all happen at one time. But when you are a freelancer, right? That's just kind of what happens. And those of you who are freelancers listening, get it. It's like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden I have a full-time job and I have two freelance projects and I have a podcast and I have coaching clients and I have two children and they're getting sick because it's still winter and now I'm getting sick because I catch whatever they bring home. And it was crazy intense. It was crazy intense January and February. And then March, I just felt like I've been pouring back into myself, like taking my weekends to just lay down and be a complete couch potato, going to the beach and just laying down like, I got a hammock and I have a beautiful sunroof that I want to show you all more of. I do yoga up there, I'm laying in my hammock more often. So January and February were just intense, hectic, exhausting. And now March, I just feel like I've been pouring into myself, which is why I now feel like I can come back and give you some of that good energy. But yeah, that's where I've been there. And I'm just really proud and wanted to share with you all that I am um, advocating for systemic change in the United States for better mental health policies and um, I don't think I'll talk too much about like the specifics of that job, but just know that um, systemic change is really important to me. And I don't believe that you can self-care your way out of oppression. I always say that self-care does not solve your problems. It fortifies you and strengthens you so that you have the capacity you need to come at your problems from a place of strength rather than depletion. So self-care to me is armor in the best way. It's fortification. It's a strengthening of your body, mind, and spirit. And I don't think I could do policy advocacy and just deal with American politics without that fortification that self-care gives me. So um, yeah, that's been really, really good. Um, I'm looking at my post-it note here because I have a hard time remembering everything I want to tell you all. 
Oh, yeah. I just, I guess I wanted to touch on, you know, for anyone who's interested, sometimes I get, it's like, I don't think I have it all together by any means, but I do get compliments a lot of times from my friends who are like, Mia, you're going through a depression flare up. You have chronic pain. Like yesterday, I, um, so sometimes I have a jaw clenching problem where I clench my jaw the whole night and I wake up in excruciating pain and it it took me hours to get out the door but I made it to the beach Um, but eventually I did need pain meds later and and whatnot but it used to be I used to have that jaw clenching issue every day now I have it about once or twice a month depending on what's going on in my life but that being said I wanted to touch on how I handle all of these responsibilities alongside my mental health challenges alongside depression anxiety i have diagnosed ptsd and major depressive disorder i live with chronic pain chronic fatigue i have two kids uh they're very young (laughs) and uh, i work full-time and i also have this part-time business so i wanted to bring it up because i think having this like false sense of like humility where i'm like oh it's not a big deal like might be doing a disservice to other women and other mothers who might be interested in how I approach times of transition, like getting a new job or times where there's like a lot on your plate, like January and February when I had like multiple client projects and a new job and like my kids getting sick. And so I'm going to try to own the things that I'm good at and share it so that, you know, I can help somebody else out there. I know when I was going through early motherhood and I was juggling a part-time job I just felt super alone in it and I just wanted to know some realistic ways to get through it so one of the things that has been really helping me is prioritizing my sleep and so I highly encourage you and I don't even think it's just sleep I want you to think about the one self-care practice that could serve as a domino And this is really important because a lot of times we overwhelm ourselves trying to do six plus self-care habits when we literally go days without taking a shower. Like if you're going days without showering and you barely eat a full meal because you're so hectic and busy, don't set yourself up for failure by trying to start your new month like fresh with six new self-care habits. You are going to fail. You are going to feel miserable figure out what that one domino self-care practice is. It's the self-care practice that leads to the other ones, the other self-care practices coming up and being really easy to do. Um, For me, 100% that's sleep because I deal with chronic nightmares and they're finally like getting better. Although I will say if I'm going through a lot of stress at work, they come back. But Um, for some people it's exercise. Like I know for me, when my sleep was doing well, if I exercise that motivated me to shower. And when I would shower, that motivated me to get dressed in nice clothes and get out of my sweatpants, getting in a good workout gave me a good appetite. So I was more likely to eat like a nice filling lunch or breakfast. Um, and all of those things put together gave me the energy that I needed to have a fantastic productive workday, which led to me wanting to do some laundry. Like it's just a beautiful domino effect that happens, Um, it's momentum, momentum that comes around and helps you do the things that you want to do, but just focusing on that one thing, because getting started is so hard and finding time for just that one thing. It's already so hard that I recommend that you only focus on one thing. So for me, that's definitely sleep. 
And I noticed that just trying to go to bed early or get a certain hour number of hours of sleep wasn't doing it for me because if I went to bed feeling wound up, stressed out, overwhelmed, then I would have wound up, stressed out, and overwhelmed nightmares, and I would wake up feeling even more exhausted than when I went to bed. So I've been really honing in the last 90 days on how do I improve my quality of sleep. So I've been learning about sleep, you know, ingesting lots of information about sleep research and what actually helps. And I'm trying to not just read this stuff. I'm trying to actually put it into practice. So a couple of things that I noticed have significantly improved my quality of sleep is number one, actually getting ready for bed a lot earlier than I think I need to. Like we're talking 8, 30, 9 o'clock, like not waiting around and scrolling on YouTube shorts and watching random YouTube videos, like putting my phone down after I get the kids to bed around 8.30 and maybe help clean up the kitchen with my husband, I go and I do my skincare and I brush and floss my teeth. Those things now signal to my brain, hey, it's bedtime. I change out of my day clothes into pajamas. That also really helps a lot. And then I try to not do anything stressful. So I used to watch stressful Netflix shows like True Crime or Ozarks or uh, Ginny and Georgia. I really loved that show, but it was very, very stressful. And I would get myself all stressed out watching those shows, even though they're really good. And I love a good TV show. Um, But I noticed that doing that during the week was not helping me. So I basically had to say goodbye to those things, which sucks, but I do let myself splurge and have that on the weekends. Um, but I let go of Netflix and right now I end up just chatting with my husband, but if, if that doesn't happen, I guess, or if he's busy or taking a shower, like I'm trying to get back into reading, I journal about my day or my thoughts. I try to get my emotions out, especially if I'm feeling frustrated. I try to journal out my thoughts, um, and I do yoga, uh, before bed. I noticed that it's better for me to do yoga than meditation because for some reason sitting still, I'm very restless at the end of the day. Like I can meditate in the beginning of the day, but at night it's so much harder and it doesn't have that relaxing effect. So really pay attention to how what you're doing makes you feel. Just because people say meditation is good for you doesn't necessarily mean it's actually working for you. The purpose of it is to help you actively relax. At least that's the purpose of the meditation that I do. There's different kinds of meditation with different goals and intentions, but I'm trying to relax and I don't feel relaxed after I do meditation at night, but I do feel relaxed when I do some gentle yoga. So a 10 to 15 minute yoga session. I love yoga with Cassandra. Um, and keep in mind, it's taken me 90 days to build up all of these practices. I used to just start with skincare and brushing my teeth. And then I slowly layered in weaning myself off Netflix. And then I slowly layered in replacing Netflix with yoga. So please keep that in mind that it's taken me 90 days to get here. Um, and then, yeah, then by that point, by the time I finish, um, yoga, I get into bed and I turn out the lights at like 10 o'clock and I notice that my sleep, I still have some stressful dreams, but they're not these vivid, violent, horrible nightmares that make me feel terrible when I wake up. So that's been really good. I will say that it's still very hard at this habit, these habits which as you can tell are a string of good habits that I have to put all together to have a good night of sleep. They are um, still very fresh, new, and difficult to keep up. So I've just been really focused on keeping up this routine that I've built over 90 days and trying to be disciplined and trying to rewire discipline because to me, discipline is highly negative. Um, But I'm trying to remember that 
true self-love can actually stem from some good discipline. So being disciplined in this area helps me to sleep better, which helps me to feel my best and helps me to then show up the next day feeling really, really good. And one of the things that makes me depressed is when there's a right, like right now, right? It's a beautiful 72 degree clear blue sky, sunny day in Portugal. And for the last many weekends, I have spent them on the couch because my chronic pain and fatigue was so severe. I couldn't get off the couch, even to pee or drink water. It would be very difficult. So when I don't sleep well consistently and I'm just exhausted I'm not able to enjoy this beautiful country that I moved to. I'm not able to play with my children or make homemade tzatziki sauce, which I love, or make homemade chocolate chip cookies. Um, I'm not able to go and look at all the flowers that are blooming right now. Uh, Portugal has the most incredible spring. Like, it's amazing. And that makes me depressed. So that's why the discipline around my routine that gives me good sleep is not just about being hard on myself or being rigid for no reason. It is truly the domino habit, the domino self-care practice that leads to better quality of life and happiness across the board for me. And I guarantee you, you have a habit, a practice that is the domino for you. You just have to take some time to really reflect on it and then figure out what are all the mini practices that lead up to making that habit easier or more effective. So like I just said, with sleep, there's all these little practices that help make sleep more effective and more uh, rejuvenating and higher quality for me. And so that's really what I've been focusing on. And it's really very much a work in progress. And I wanted to share that in case it could inspire you to look at your own life and see where you could be bringing in a domino practice or domino habit. Um, And I would love to hear from you if you you know, you're just like, you want to share with somebody what your domino practice would be, you can always email me. I'll put my email address in the show notes. It's Mia at MiaHemstad.com. Um, I'm not DMable anymore because I'm not on Instagram, but if you want to email me, my inbox is always open. Um, and yeah, and the last thought I wanted to leave for you is define what enough is. Recently, now that I've removed Instagram, I'm comparing myself a lot less to other people, but I'm finding that my brain is like clamoring for something to feel like to make me feel like, well, you're not good enough, Mia, because you're not like this person. Like, for instance, like when I go pick up my kids from school and I see that other parents like have really nice cars and I take the bus and I take I take the public transportation and I take my kids to school on public bus and we walk a lot. Um, and I never really thought it was an issue and it and it, it honestly isn't, but I noticed that some parents are like, oh, like, do you guys take the bus? And I'll be like, yeah, we like taking the bus. And then all of a sudden my brain is like spinning this story of like how it's a problem or how it makes me look poor, all these weird stories. And I noticed that my brain is still so conditioned to needing someone and something to compare myself to. And now that I don't have Instagram, I used to be able to go, oh, well, it's Instagram, like, because Instagram is showing me all these different lifestyles. And that's the case, yes. But now that I don't have it, I'm seeing how my brain is still trying to do this. And it's creating unhappiness where it doesn't need to exist. And so I've been really challenging myself to go to notice when I do that and to encourage myself to go, do you even want that nice car, Mia? 
Do you even want the monthly car payment that comes with it? Do you want to have to deal with car insurance, maintenance, getting your license transferred over to European license? Do you really want to, you know, have this in your life when you moved out here to be able to travel to different European countries? Like having a car to look like the other parents isn't even in alignment with your values. And so I've been questioning whenever my brain's like, you want this, you need this, you have to have this to look like these people and to be up to speed with those people. And I've been challenging those thoughts. And and then at the end of that, it comes back to, wow, I am content. I am content with what I have. And I'm going to define that what I have right now is enough. It's enough. And I think it's so important that we all do that in our lives. Like, you know, maybe your pantry organization doesn't look like the people on Instagram who, you know, or for me, it's on YouTube shorts because now that's the only social media I have. But it's like all of their stuff matches. (laughs) Like, you know, and my pantry does not look like that. Um, But has that ever been a high value for you? Is it a major priority for you? If it isn't, then what you have right now is enough. And I encourage you to do that thought process. Anytime you feel like what you have isn't enough, whether it's your wardrobe, um, your pantry, the car you drive, how your body looks right now, you get to decide what's enough. You get to decide that, you know, oh, you know, silly brain, you're just trying to find something else for me to do. And that's another thing that I have to do a whole another episode about is how much I'm realizing now that like most of my needs are met, my brain is trying to create more things for me to be productive with because I my value is so inherently tied up in my productivity that when I don't have a lot to do, I start to feel like I'm not like I'm not good enough. And so I've been really having to dig deep and go, I'm enough even when I do absolutely nothing. Um, and I'm enough, even though I don't have a car, I'm enough, even though my pantry doesn't look like this or that, you know, um, and I'm a good enough parent, even though I don't parent the way this woman does or that guy does. Um, so yeah, those are some of my thoughts for today. I hope that throughout that, all of that, you found something meaningful, something helpful for you. I want to thank you for sticking around. I want to thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm not sure what the next one is going to be about. Um, I have reached my one year anniversary of living in Portugal. It has been a little over a year and I might do an episode reflecting on what I've learned since being an expat, since leaving the United States, since moving to a completely different culture where the way they approach family and work is completely different from the United States. So I don't know. I would love to hear what you would like to hear from me too. Again, you can always email me. I'll leave my email address in the show notes. But yeah, thank you so, so much. And I hope you take really good care of yourself and I will see you next time. Bye.